Hey, this is Pastor Rafael Rodriguez. Welcome to Restore 2020 Podcast. Go ahead and choose a message. Be empowered, be equipped, be prepared to change your world for Christ Jesus. God bless you. Good morning, everyone. It is December 31st, 2019. We're about to get into 2020 at midnight tonight. I'm excited. I bet you guys are excited. Looking forward to the new year, 2020. Uh, great expectations for us for 2020. I'm believing for great expectations, for great things to happen for you for this coming year. Uh, so today I wanted to share with you just personal things that uh, the Lord spoke to me uh, over the last couple of days. And I've been saving it, sharing it, meditating on it, uh, preparing, just really wanting to use this today to speak into your your guys' life to encourage you on something that I came across in my devotional time. Um, I've been spending a lot of time in the book of John and the book of Revelations, part of my uh, one-year Bible reading from the one-year Bible and um, really diving into that, looking into getting more in-depth in scriptures and, and, and just really meditating and receiving from the word so I can apply it to my life and then help others to apply it to theirs. And so the passage of scripture today is coming from John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and 21. I'm going to combine the two books. I promise you it's not going to be a long thing. Um, they could combine different these passages together hand in hand and kind of go from there. Really build a foundation and share some truths that I discover while reading these two chapters in the Bible. Number one, we're going to go to John chapter 20. We're going to scoop down to um, verse 3. We're going to start right there. And from 3 to 10, it says, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. He and he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scriptures that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. And, you know, we can, I could look at so many different things that happen in these particular verses of Scripture. But what I really want to look at up here in the upper room, what I really want to look at is how Peter and John both ran there. When they got news that the tomb was empty, they ran. And it, showed, it shares in Scripture how John pretty much outran Peter. It doesn't say in John's name, but... The background, the study of it, is both Peter and John. And I can show you in verse 21 how they come again in the story. But he outran Peter. Yes, there first. But John did something. He was anticipating, but he stopped at the tomb and looked in. Peter, Peter took it a step further. Peter caught up, ran, got there. We can assume that Peter was probably older. John was younger. He was more full of life and energy. And he was anticipating. He was eager. And he got there ahead of time. But he did not go in. Peter gets there. And he goes inside the tomb. And he sees for himself. And believes what took place. Afterwards, John goes in and sees for himself and believes. Here's what I look at this. Peter may be the older one. Maybe, you know, we know that Peter, prior to Christ's death 
and resurrection, he denied Jesus three times. Both of them are anticipation. Peter was more known for the one who spoke out, who was outspoken. Sometimes he put his foot in his mouth, he said things, he was rash, he was, you know, really just eager and, and said some things. And John was also more known more as the love disciple, disciple that loved, the calm, the one that laid, laid his head on Jesus's uh, um, chest and, and, and worshiped him, was all at him. And it's a disciple of love. And these guys are two different personalities. You have the strong leader, the, the kind of rough and, and, and up front in your face. And the other one was a more love, gentle kind of leaders. And they, you know, they both can be used by Jesus, by God, and both have been used by God, but they're two different personalities. Both anticipating, wanting to see for themselves what they heard from Mary that the tomb was empty. They get there, but John just looks in. Peter steps inside and looks for himself. And here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. John had to see Peter desire. Desire for what you say? To be restored. For restoration. To be redeemed. Peter denied Christ three times and he felt guilty. We know that afterwards he ran off, he, he was discouraged, he was beaten, he was hurting, uh, he was beaten by his own decision, he was discouraged by that, he was hurt, and, and, and John sees Peter, goes in, because Peter is looking for the Savior, he's looking for that redemption, he's looking for that forgiveness that he had had prior, many times before, because Peter often said some things and made some mistakes, right? John sees Peter pretty much almost like he had to see his leadership to not only just be anticipating and running to the tomb, but actually step in. And then he steps in and believes himself. Here's the thing where we can apply it to our lives. Many times we are anticipating, we're running the race. And when we get to our destination, oftentimes we stop short. We got to our destination, but we're not willing to step, take it a step further step in see what else God has for us we run with anticipation we probably be out of breath when we finally get to our our destination we finally get to where we want to be and we just rest we stop and we're satisfied with just looking in but like Peter we have to be hungry to step in to 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 go further to see what God has for us because along the way of running there this race along the way of getting to our destination we're gonna make mistakes because we're not perfect but we have to trust in God's forgiveness and look for his love and his redemption, his restoration. And, and, and he brings us right into that. And Peter knew that. He was looking for that. He was wanting that. He was desiring that. And so he stepped in. And maybe you've been running a race. And maybe you have, have running with anticipation. And you finally got to that place, your destination, where you feel like you got close enough to God, but you stopped. You cannot enter in because you made some mistakes along the way and you, you are not believing that God can restore you. Here's a word that God shared with me on 26th of December, the day after Christmas. I could not sleep. I was trying to go to bed. I was wrestling to go to sleep. Christmas night, went to bed. Midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, I can't sleep. Finally, I get up. I start praying. I get into God's word. He leads me to Galatians chapter 1 where he talks about restoring Restore those who are struggling in their faith. And to be careful not to judge them because you may fall into the same temptation. Paul's talking about says that to the Galatian church to restore. And that that became 
my word for 2020 to restore. But I looked it up more. I went into great details. I said, what does restore mean? I look at the Greek, the original Greek. It means to equip, to train, to ordain, to prepare, to raise up those who have made the mistakes, those who have been tempted, who have been wrestling with their walk with the Lord to do that. You know what people who does that? Shepherds, ministers of the gospel, mature believers, people who are willing to love and restore others. And so here we see Peter looking for that restoration, looking for that redemption, looking to be redeemed. And it's just a beautiful picture that his desire to take it a step further and step into the tomb. Saw what he saw with the with the cloths and the linen and everything folded up nicely. And then it says in verse 10, the disciples went away again to their own homes. They went away believing. They went away to testify. We skip down to verse 29 of chapter 20 of John. It says, John said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Or Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen. We haven't seen Jesus in the physical. We haven't seen him physically. We believe, we have faith in him of his existence, of his proof of his resurrection. He's proved to be the son of God. And so blessed are those who have not yet seen but believe. And that's us. We are believing. We're trusting on the one who is the savior of the world. And you know, if you're the one that made the mistake along the way with your great anticipation when you first came to Jesus and you were believing and you trusted him and you were running the race and you got to your destination, you got that intimacy with him, but along the way you made mistakes and the enemy has made you feel guilty when you had to stop and not go enter into the presence of God, enter in looking for that redemption, looking for that, that, that forgiveness, I'm gonna encourage you, enter in, go in, receive what God has for you. He's sitting there, hands wide open. Jesus is waiting for you to redeem you. Here's where John 21 comes into play. We know that Jesus shows up. There, the disciples, they go back to what they were doing before they got called to the ministry. They were going back to go fishing. That was their trade. That's what they did to make a living. They were good at it. They went out there, and Jesus just shows up on the shore. And I'm going to skip down to verse 7, where it says, Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Jesus shows up. He calls out to them. I'll back it up. In verse 6 it says, And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. This is a familiar thing. They've done this before. Here comes Jesus, kind of like going back to the, the, the past, but kind of reliving. Now in the future, he shows up, and he tells them to cast that net on the other side. This time they did it without any hesitation, because they know that prior, before it happened, they cast up, they caught a bunch of fish that they were not able to bring them in. But they still don't know it's Jesus yet. However, one person does recognize him. He said, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. That's where you have the reference of John. Here we go. The story begins, comes back to John and Peter. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits. Dragging the net with fish, then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. 
and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Here you have in verse 8 or 7. Once Simon, once John tells Peter, It is the Lord. What does Peter do? He dives into the water, swims to shore. He's hungry. He has in that same anticipation that he had when he found out that the tomb was empty. He ran over there and not only run, he went inside the tomb looking for that same redemption, same forgiveness, same restoration. He's finally, the Lord is finally there and he's out there with the same anticipation going to Jesus. And I love what verse 11 says, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. Altogether, there were so many, the net was not broken. 153 fish. There were so many that the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask them, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. They saw this before. John already established it was the Lord. Peter already believed that he got, he got there. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. They recognized that when they used to break bread together. They recognized Jesus breaking the bread, handing them. That day they saw that they spent three and a half years with Jesus doing that. 14 says, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. But here's the thing what I love was said in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus is asking him, do you still have that same love that you told me that you would die for me, that you, that, 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 that when they come after me, that you would never leave me. Do you still have that same love? You know how Peter responded? Jesus is asking about agape love, unconditional the highest love, the love that God has for us, Jesus has for us. And here, Peter is responding in phileos, meaning brotherly love. He's not no longer that 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 arrogant, cocky, like I'm going to conquer the world and I'm never going to go backslide, I'm never going to fall. You know, people like that probably come before the fall. They have to be humble sometimes. They have to make mistakes. I've been there. And for them to be transformed, their heart to be changed, and for them to know that, you know, they too need Jesus. And so he responds, not, not in an arrogant way like he used to. He responds this time, phileos, I love you, brotherly love. And Jesus being so gracious and showing him the restoration that he really was looking for, showing him that he that, that the forgiveness that John was looking that Peter was looking for, he says, Feed my lambs. Now you're prepared to go and feed those, be the disciple I called you to be, to reach those, to feed them, to equip them, to prepare them, to restore them, just like I just now restored you. That's what restoration means, restore, to equip, to train, to ordain, to prepare. You're not receiving that, I'm calling you to do that for others. That's what he's calling us to do, that's what he's calling me to do, to do that to others, because I received the restoration from God. I have been redeemed, you have been redeemed, and he's calling us to do that. Verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. He's still responding in a filet of brotherly love. 
and he's again assuring him, restoring him, telling him, I'm calling you, I've still called you, despite your mistakes and your failures, I'm still telling you, not only to feed my lambs, now to tend my sheep, and then he said a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. He bounced it back from him, he bounced it back to Jesus, Peter does that often, right? Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Then he says, most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. When you were younger, you were full of energy, you were full of uh, passion, you were full of zeal. But now, you get, now that you are older, you're going to depend on other people to help you. Meaning that you cannot do it on your, on your own. You have to have a body of believers, brothers in Christ holding you up, surrounding you, helping you in the work of the ministry. But he also was talking about the death that he was going to go by. This is, what, this is what verse 19 says. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Same words he heard when he first got called, follow me. Peter is now understanding the maturity that he needed to be in the work of the ministry. He's not doesn't need to be cocky, doesn't need to be arrogant, he doesn't need to be, you know, speaking things before he's thinking, you know, he's being restored. And finally, I really believe, and we studied this before in seminary, we talked about this. Finally, I believe that Peter responded with the agape love. Or he said to him, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Meaning, you know that I love you, agape, unconditionally. Jesus <laughs> said, feed my sheep. I called you to be the minister of the gospel. I'm restoring you. And here's, the great, here's, the, here's the great thing. Your future does not have to be determined by your failures. Your futures of 2019, I mean, your, 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 your future of 2020 does not have to be determined of your failures from 2019. That's what Jesus was showing to Peter. His future did not have to be determined of his failures when he denied him three times right before his death. And Jesus is saying to all of us, I'm here to restore you. And I'm calling you to restore other people to let them know about my unconditional love, my agape love, that it's there for them. If only they come and receive that. Are you going to be the people to restore others? Are you going to be the one used by God to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you going to be the one who is hungry for God's word? You get into the scriptures, you study it, you read it, you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you from this word of God so that you can equip and minister to others. I believe that God has something very, very big for you for 2020. I believe that he's preparing you now and that you need to step out and be those restorers of souls, restorers of the lost, restorers of our brothers and sisters in Christ who have fallen away because we are in the last days and many people have fallen away, but you have been called, we have been called to restore those because he has restored us. And I'm going to end this with a prayer.
Father God, thank you for everybody who's watching, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on, on Twitter, wherever it may be, Lord God, I pray, Father God, that you will help us to know you, to see you, to seek you, to follow you, and to honor you, and to help be restorers of men and women who need to be restored, and also to reach the lost with the message of truth, the gospel of truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray all this in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all in 2020. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the podcast or share it with somebody by taking a photo and send it by text message or share it with the link below. And they'll be able to click on it and enjoy the message as well. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.